the Extraordinary Moms podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every week I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons that they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two moms parent in the same way. We should celebrate that and learn from one another. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today, and if you like what you hear, please share the show with a friend. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 34 of the podcast. I have a fantastic guest that has actually been here before and she is gracing us with her presence once again because I think she's just that extraordinary. My guest today is Jess Connolly. She was back last time talking about a book and she's back writing another book and this topic I cannot get enough of. If you haven't already listened to Jess's first episode, she was on episode 178 of the podcast and she is back talking about most recent book, You Are the Girl for the Job. And you guys, if you have ever doubted yourself in a certain role, be it motherhood, uh, PTA, church, a business, any role you've had where you're thinking, am I the girl for the job? Am I up to this? Am I equipped for this? Jess is truly here to cheer you on and tell you, yes, you are the girl for your job because God is with you and God will equip you. And it is such a great message. We talk about times where she's not felt like she was the girl for the job and how she got through that and the message she wants for all women to believe in themselves, their dreams, and the dreams that God has for them. And it's such a good conversation and I'm excited for you to hear from Jessica. So let's get to it with Jess Connolly. All right. I'm so excited to have Jess Connolly back on the show. Hi, Jess. Hey, hey, thanks for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you again because you were on episode 178 of the podcast and I started renumbering at 300. So we're at about 337, I would say. So we've doubled our numbers since wow. then. Wow. <laughs> and now you're a podcast host. How's that going? It's fun. I'll tell you what. I mean, I I, I think they're both fun. They're different gears, but yeah. in, in this season, I'm... I'm now visiting a lot of podcasts for the book launch, and I have to say, I do think it's more fun being a guest. You think so? <laughs> you think so? That's interesting. I get too sweaty being a guest to really find all the enjoyment out of being asked spontaneous questions. <laughs> okay, good to know. No, yeah, I like um, I like just the like, okay, I'll, I'll just think about what I need to say, but yeah. it feels like a little less work yeah well for sure absolutely yeah no your show is so great and especially for somebody that is busy and doing a lot of things like you are you don't have a lot of time probably for friends and catching up so thankfully you're able to have a lot of your friends on so it's kind of like let's just book a slot and double our conversation on a podcast with you know having a catch-up conversation is that's kind of how it feels that is exactly what it is that's what I hope that's how it feels because that's exactly what it is yeah perfect well I'm so excited that you have a new book out that we get to talk about today you are the girl for the job I just um went to New York and read it on the plane and love love loved it so I can't wait to chat all about it for people that may not know you though or haven't listened to episode 178 on my show we just give a little elevator pitch of who you are I'm Jess Connolly, and I am a mom of four fun, wild kiddos, and my husband and I planted a church in Charleston, South Carolina almost six years ago. We do a lot of ministry and a lot of kids, and we also run a handful of small businesses. So we run Go and Tell Gals, which is where we do our podcast and coaching and equipping women to use what God's given them for the good of others and the glory of God. And we also have a small business called All Good Things Collective, where we create tools to help women experience the abundant life God has given them. 
And I also write books for a living. So we do a lot of that too. So just a few things. So with your hand in a lot of different pots, I'm curious how you're able to evaluate how much time to allot to all the different things at any given time. Because I'm sure it's always shifting. And I think it's really important to be really mindful and self-aware that it doesn't always need to be equal pieces of the pie. It doesn't need to always be static allotments of your time. But how do you do it with each new kind of project or season? How do you ever know what you're doing? (laughs) Wow, I think that is such a good question. I don't don't know that anyone's ever asked me how I evaluate that. And I, I think it's such an honest question to answer. I'll tell you, I could probably tell you easier how I don't do it because I think that maybe, maybe the best place for me to start. I think there's a temptation for me to do it based on where the income comes from. And that does not seem to work well for me. That does not seem to be what God has called me to. Um, and that's how the last few years of our life have been. The things that have brought in the most money are, have technically, not often been the things that we put the most time into. Um, and I'll tell you the other way I don't do it is I try really hard not to do what feels urgent or where people kind of like yell at me the most or say like, come over here, we need you at this the most. And I find that that often tends to lead to me not being able to be obedient and to listen to what God's asked me to do. And so I just say those two things because I think they're really easy things for women to get derailed with. Like, Where's the money coming from? Follow the money. Do what will make you the most money. Or, like, who is the expressing the most need of you right now? And so I do have to think about it a lot. Not only do we have our hands in a lot of different things, but specifically the way our life is wired, which is beautiful and amazing and I'm highly grateful for, is that all of my, most of my endeavors, not including my children, live in the same building. So... My, our church is also where I office out of for Go and Tell Gals. It's where I record podcasts. It's where the church obviously offices out of. And both of our small businesses have offices in the same building. So sometimes I'm moving from room to room based on, you know, what the day calls for. So back to actually answering your question. How do I determine what gets my time? Um, I think I'd, I really just have to ask God a lot. I think I have to go to God a lot and say, what have you ordered for today? What's Mm. the most important thing for today? And what are the things that are, that I'm going to invest in today that are going to shift tomorrow? Because Mm. that also matters, you know? Yeah. And I wish I had a more, I wish I had a more strategic answer than that. But especially in this season, I think that's just the most honest answer I can give. I don't, I used to batch work days and say like, okay, on this day I do all church work. On this day I do all podcasts. And in this season, there's no way. Like, and to top it all off, we've added homeschooling to our plate. We're homeschooling um, just one of our kiddos this year. And so the whole day is just kind of a hurricane tornado of being obedient to what feels like the next right thing to do. Hey everyone, I wanted to interrupt real quick and thank one of our show sponsors and that is Grove Collaborative. Did you know that 70% of people say they want to use natural products but only 2% do? That's why Grove Collaborative makes finding healthy and affordable, effective formulas easy and convenient. Now over 500,000 American households shop Grove for their healthy home essentials. So Grove is basically a marketplace for better cleaning products. It is so amazing. 
They're delivered right to your door. It's as easy as online shopping and you know you're getting the best of the best products. Growth Collaborative is that online marketplace you've been hoping for and it takes all the guesswork out of going green. I had a box delivered to my house a couple weeks ago and the two favorite things that I've loved more than anything are the wool dryer balls. Have you gotten rid of your dryer sheets that you used to just go through and make more for the landfill and instead replace it with a wool dryer ball. Same results, same fluffy clothes with no static and premium products from Grove. And then also their lavender and bergamot candle. It's a soy candle from Grove that's amazing. And of course they have other favorite brands like Mrs. Myers, which I always love as well. For a limited time, when my listeners go to grove.co slash EEP, you will get a free five-piece fall gift set for Mrs. Myers and Grove. Free shipping and a free 60-day VIP trial. For a limited time only, you can choose from the best-selling fall scents like apple cider, acorn spice, mum and pumpkin spice. These are all exclusively sold at Grove. So go to grove.co slash EEP to get this exclusive offer. Grove.co slash EEP. Thank you so much to Grove, and I will be placing my next order very soon. Yeah, I, I love that. I think being really sensitive to the spirit of where he wants you at any given time is probably the best place to be spending your time. And I think yeah. I hear from a lot of women, though, that wrestle with doing the things that doesn't make the money, but needing to make yeah. the money. Right. Yeah, and so it's like, absolutely. Ugh, and it's hard. And especially if you involve ministry and things like that, like I, I'm sure it just can get kind of messy in, in how you evaluate it and everything. But I think anytime you're honoring being in the place that you feel like, I don't know why, I don't know how, but this is where I feel like God wants me, then it's always right. Right. Yeah. And it might be different yeah. tomorrow. It might be, you know, and there might yes. be, you know, money that comes from something where you didn't expect it or vice versa. And that just kind of has to be okay sometimes. What's the favorite thing that you're doing right this second? What's what's the thing you're just like, oh, I'm so excited I get to do this in an hour. Oh. What's the thing? I'm, I'm really excited about book launch, I have to say. This yeah. feels like a different book launch. So when I get to go on and, and talk about it on a podcast or when I get to spend some time with my launch team today, I got to spend about an hour with my launch team. Um, that feels really life-giving right now, which is good because it doesn't always feel like that for a book launch. Sure. Um, and I used to get annoyed when authors would say that because I would think like, oh, it's just such a privilege. Um, but, but some book launches are just hard and heavy and this one does not feel that way. So I'm grateful. Ooh, I'm so excited for you then. That is, that's yeah. amazing. So as an author, you've written how many books now? Um, you know, it depends, it depends what you count. If you count like actual Bible studies and devotionals and trade books that I've written, I have written one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, but only four of those have been published so far. Yeah. So I've, I, Wild and Free, I wrote with Haley Morgan. Dance, Stand, Run was my second trade book that I wrote alone, but I also wrote a Bible study that accompanied Dance, Stand, Run. Haley Morgan and I wrote the gift book, Always Enough, Never Too Much. I wrote You Are the Girl for the Job, and then I also wrote a corresponding Bible study for You Are the Girl for the Job, and then I have another gift book that I've just finished that actually comes out next spring. Holy moly. Amazing. So how do you decide each new book? Like, how how, how did this book specifically, You Are the Girl for the Job, how did that idea yeah. come to be? Is it something where the market was in need of this message? Is it something that you wanted to write? How does this happen for people that aren't familiar with this process? Yeah, it depends. For me, it's a it's a combination. It usually starts with 
some kind of content that I've written, not really thinking about it, <laughs> that has that women have responded to. So that's where almost all of my books have come from. Wild and Free was a blog series that I started writing. Dance Stand Run started as a newsletter. I mean, I, I wrote a newsletter with the title, um, Have We Forgotten About Holiness? And that kind of turned into a book. Um, you Are the Girl for the Job was an Instagram post. I posted the graphic that says You Are the Girl for the Job and forgot about it for an entire year until we started to kind of put the book together and start to think through this book and what it would be. And it actually started out as a book on friendship, which is hilarious. It ended very far from that. But when we set out to start working on this book, the publisher and I, my editor, we, we thought it was a book on friendship. And then we kind of came back to that Instagram post, you are the girl for the job and started rolling that idea around. Um, and, and we really just kind of started to pull the string. Like, is this a message women need? It seems like yes. Wow. And it really is just a message of validating women to believe more that they're equipped to do whatever job, whatever role that God yes. has ordained them to be. And it can be yes. anything from being a mom, being a friend, to being a pastor, to being a secretary, to being a teacher, whatever it is, yes. to being a good neighbor, right? Like yes. you... Yes. You will be equipped. You have been equipped. You will be more equipped in the future when you take action, right? Yeah. So yeah. have there been seasons where from, sorry, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. So no, have, I was just gonna say I'm hearing <laughs> from so many women and they ask the question, What's the job? So what's the job yeah. that we're the girl for? And truly the answer to that question is in the cover of the book. So we we intentionally made the cover of the book a woman looking down at her feet seeing the words, You are the girl for the job to really explain two things. Number one, it's most important not that you believe me when I say you're the girl for the job, but when you believe yourself. Mm. It's most important when we speak this truth over ourselves, that God is mighty, God is here, God is going to show up for me, God is going to give me what I need, he has placed me here on purpose. But also, the cover also denotes this idea of what job are you the girl for? The one that's right at your feet. The one mm. right where you're at. And, and honestly, that's where most women feel the most insecure is the things they're already active in. They don't feel like they belong right where they're at. They don't feel like they're adequate enough for the jobs that God's already given them and placed them in. And so it's not this pie in the sky, like vision of like, what are you going to do with your life? It's really, are you going to believe that the power and the capacity of God is present right where you're at? Hmm. I love that idea because a lot of times I think there's a lot of pressure on women to kind of envision what's next for them. Like after their last child mm -hmm. goes to kindergarten, who are they going to be? What are they going to do? They have so many hours. All You have to like do something new, right? And like kind of reinvent yourself. But really it's yeah. like, but in the season you're in, you're not limited to time, resources, money, how many kids, ages of your kids and everything like are you doing your best work and showing up in your best way today? And if not, yeah. like, is it, is it working for you? Is today doing what you're doing, is it working for you? And if not, how can it be different? Because it can't, any, mm -hmm. it can be different at any time if you choose it. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that so much. Has there been a time in your life where you felt like you weren't? the girl for the job and you did doubt that and you didn't believe it as much as you believe it now and as much as you tell other people to believe it? I mean, I think it would be easier to mark times where I have felt it because <laughs> I, I, I so often don't feel it. Um, but yeah, specifically writing the book. I mean, 
the trick that you that you might not be expecting is you get a good a good a bit into the book before I I really start to unpack the the truth that as I wrote it I was in just an incredibly heartbreaking season and specifically a season where my failures and my insecurities had had really come to a head. Um, they were impacting people in my life. They were impacting my leadership. They were impacting my family and my church. And it wasn't a shiny season. It wasn't a season um, where everyone was celebrating just how great I was. It was a season where I felt inadequate because I was. And the truth of this word was good for me. And so I, I write a lot of that story and I write a lot of how that felt right in that season. And um, so, I mean, the quick answer is yes, while I was writing it. But the truth is, it's truly every day. I mean, an hour ago, um, you know, in the thick of homeschooling, as I'm like sweating and getting emails and also have a friend walking through something just incredibly heartbreaking. And I'm having to pause and say like, God, will you give me what I need mm. to get this day done? Will you give me what I need to love people? Well, will you give me what I need to show up? I do not feel like I have it right now, but I do believe that you do. And so I would, I would guess that you feel pretty confident in sharing this message with other women and cheering them on and encouraging them to believe in themselves. So it's so much harder to do it ourselves. Why is that? Have you unpacked that? And how can you be a better practicer? And I'm speaking for myself as well, not just yeah. you. How can we be better practicers of self-care, self-love, believing in ourselves, confidence, things like that for for our own good versus just keeping it at arm's distance by just putting that on other people to do the hard work themselves. Well, I'll tell you what changes everything. But. And I am living proof of this right now. What changes everything is when you get really, really loud with other women <laughs> about God's capacity in their life. <laughs> and that, you know this, having a podcast, yeah. this changes everything because number one, you, you, you just don't want to be a phony. And sure. So you yes. Don't want to be saying something that you don't believe, and number two, it changes everything because they start to say it back. So you, when you change the language in your community, you change the culture. And I began changing the language specifically in my culture around the time of writing this. Telling my, I mean, I, I as I wrote it, gave it to my friends, the core leaders in our church, and said, like, will you know, will you walk through this with me? And so now it's just totally a part of our language to tell each other. You're the girl for the job. Hmm. God is mighty in you. He's got this. And so number one, it like wildly gets our focus off of ourselves and off of our inadequacies when we're encouraging other people. Number two, we don't want to be a phony. So we, something in us has to wake up and actually believe the truth that God's given us to give to other people. And number three, we change the language and we change the culture. And so people start saying it back to us. And so, um, I, I, I hear from women all the time. We're like, it's so hard. I wish I had a friend who talked to me like this. And I have to say every time, like, I need you to understand I'm a church planter, which means that number one, I, for the last six years, have basically begged people to hang out with me and to be my friend. That's what it means to be a church planter. <laughs> no one comes to me and says like, hey, want to do something? Like, I go to them. So like, hey, want to start a church? Hey, want to have a Bible study? Hey, want to go here? Hey, right. want to do this? Like, that's what it means to start a church. Yeah. Um, you essentially go out into a void of nothing and say like, want to be friends? Um, but then on top of that is that even though God has brought just incredible women and incredible people into our community, we're still charged with 
building the culture and, and speaking it into being and speaking into like, Hey, this is how we're going to talk to one another. And this is how we're going to treat each other. And this is how we're going to lead. And so I understand the loneliness of, of maybe not having people looking at you and saying, you're the girl for the job. But now I know the intense joy of having spoken that over my friends for long enough that we're all just saying it to each other. And I'm, I'm not the sole one picking anybody up anymore and saying like, it's going to be great. They're saying it back to me. And that is a very, very, very good gift. Hey everyone, I know you are loving my conversation with Jess, but I wanted to thank another show sponsor, and that is Literati. I know all of you moms out there want to inspire your kids to love reading, but when they're surrounded by technology, it's really hard sometimes, isn't it? Studies show that if a child is not reading well by third grade, they are four times more likely to drop out of school. Ah! That's why parents need Literati. Literati is the subscription book club that makes it easy to find unique and interesting books for your kids. Literati mails five teacher-approved books to your child every month, according to their level. It's the book club subscription that teachers buy for their own kids. No more guessing or searching or reading the same books over and over. Each Literati book box comes with five age-appropriate books based on a theme, like The Spirit of Adventure or The Animal Kingdom. And it also contains exclusive original art and personalized notes for your kids. Mine came for Austin with like a little uh, glow-in-the-dark pen and it has like a decoder pen. He is obsessed with it and writes notes all over the house. Thank you very much. And parents and teachers across the country are seeing the difference in kids' lives when they get these boxes. One parent shared with Literati that after a year of joining the club, their second grader, just like Austin, is reading at a fifth grade level and she is an insatiable reader now. Isn't that so cool? Each month you can buy the books that you want and return the rest and it's easy and free to do that. For a limited time, go to literatibooks.com and use promo code EMOMS for $20 off your first box. Plus, kids three and up get a special black light pen. That's what Aussie got. This is the best offer available anywhere. To get it, you have to go to literatibooks.com, promo code EMOMS for $20 off your first box, plus that free black light pen for kids three and up. Literatibooks.com, promo code EMOMS. Thanks so much, Literati Books, for sponsoring the show. And I really hope you will check this out for your child. Makes great birthday gifts, holiday gifts. Could not recommend it more. I love that so much. And that shows so much growth on your part because there's been seasons in my life where I felt like if I'm not doing it, nobody else will. Or yeah, I'm the only person yeah. that can do this. And if they're not hearing it from me, and especially like with my kids even, you know, yeah. there are so many voices that pour into my kids on a daily basis. And I don't care where they're getting the positive messaging and where they're, you know, building up their confidence from, things like that, as long as it's all good, you know. Yeah. It's not just on me. And it's not just on you to do this. But the more that you're using your voice to then equip other women to amplify their voices, it just like further, 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 further. And that's it. But it's but it's not just about just saying it. It's about right. anybody saying it to your people. Anybody that will is already and you say that in the book. Like there's already people listening to you. So mm-hmm. so talk to them. Talk to them. It doesn't need to be a big group of people. It can be one person that needs to hear it and can mirror 100%. it back to you. Oh, so so good. I love how you've addressed in your past books how this journey has not been just like a straight path to heaven for you and just clean and tidy and you know exactly maybe what people might think when they see where you are now doing what you're doing and um 
talk to me about Jess five, ten years ago and the vision that you had for your life then, what it would look like, what you would be doing or saying. Mm. How has this growth and where you are now and the vision that you once held of yourself and knowing what's possible now and then kind of the projection you have of what's next for you, how has that shifted and evolved as you've learned you just never know <laughs> what's going to happen yeah. next. I love that question. Well, 10 years ago, Jess was a 25-year-old mom of three kids, one, two, and three years old. And I was sweaty and tired and exhausted. And I was just holding it together. Like, I was just trying to get through the day. I was convinced I was a bad mom. I was convinced I wasn't doing enough. My kids, again, were one, two, and three. And I thought, no, I guess 10 years ago, yeah, they were one, two, and three. I was convinced probably that they didn't know enough scripture <laughs> and that I, I hadn't taught them enough Bible verses. Sometimes I'm pretty sure my kids knew more Bible verses when they were three than they do now. <laughs> um, but I just felt so on the hook to create a good life. I, I felt like it was my responsibility to create a good life, not just for me, but for them. And I would say five years ago, I had started to experience some freedom. I had come up, I had crashed hard in between 10 years ago and five years ago. I had crashed hard through postpartum depression, through um, poverty, through just extreme failure and discouragement. And I was starting to experience some wild freedom and this maybe like hint at a belief that I was a leader in some capacity, but I didn't really still know what that meant. And I, I think I still probably felt like I had a lot to learn or I had a lot to grow or I had to like earn my place to be able to begin to lead women. And I would say five years later, five now present day, I, I do really feel like I live in this reality that I'm, I'm an ambassador of Christ and my responsibility is not to build a good life. My responsibility is to worship and to help other people do that, whether that's my kids or whether that's women reading my books or people listening to my podcast or the barista that I see every day when I go get coffee, um, that I, it's a get to, it's something I get to do. I get to worship. I get to walk with God. I get to tell other people about God. And I really am starting to understand, I'm starting to understand that my qualifications and my callings are based on God. They're based on his ability, his capacity, his goodness, his righteousness, and his ability of my life. And so for the future, I think I feel really freed up. Um, I feel really freed up to live not, not a small life or a big life or a tidy life or a wild life. I just feel really freed up to live my life and whatever God brings into that. I'm excited to see. Mm. Um, I feel really excited to continue to steward our church and to lead people into the throne room of grace, to walk boldly there with them because Jesus has purchased my place there. I feel excited to keep growing with my kids and seeing what God's doing in them. And I'm just really excited to see what's next. Yeah, to, uh, to see what the future seasons hold. I, I, I feel like, I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of other things could be on the table. And I think I used to thought that, I used to think they'd be maybe big and shiny and adventurous. And now I just kind of expect that they'll be abundant, even if they look small to the world. 
Hey everyone, wanted to jump in one last time and thank our final show sponsor, Eucora. So I talked about this in last week's episode, but UTIs are a major issue for women and far more women suffer than I ever thought. Like one in five women struggle with recurring UTIs. So if you're like me or you're that one in five, you know that cranberry juice is useless and taking too many antibiotics can be problematic for UTIs. So what should you do? My recommendation is try Eucora, the natural effective way to prevent UTIs. Eucora was developed using the best research available in collaboration with a team of physicians, and it targets bacteria and enables you to safely flush that bacteria out of your urinary tract, stopping UTIs before they start. It's so easy to use, it's made with ingredients found in nature, and the founder herself used to struggle with UTI, so she knows what it's like to be stuck in that cycle, and that's why she has created Eucora that has a money-back guarantee. It's worth the try. They really want to help, and if you aren't happy with Eucora, they don't want you to be stuck with something you don't want. Try Eucora, and if you aren't happy with it, they'll give your money back within 30 days. So try Eucora risk-free for 30 days. Say goodbye to UTIs. And right now, Eucora is offering 30% off when you text MOMS MOMS to 484848. But hurry, because this is a limited time offer. Text MOMS to 484848 to get 30% off your order of Eucora. That's MOMS to 484848. Thank you so much to Eucora for coming up with a solution for UTIs for moms and women who struggle everywhere. And thanks for sponsoring the show. Thank you so much for sharing all that. I have been listening to a lot of podcasts lately, coincidentally, or maybe not coincidentally, about anticipation and yeah. and the value of anticipation and the fact that, you know, I, I saw somebody post about how they surprised their kids by taking them to Disneyland and the response was very underwhelmed and they're like, what, sure. what the heck? Like we've been, like we did all this stuff in the back. We spent all this money, and you're gonna be like, "Where are we?" Oh, oh, oh. and they're like confused, right? <laughs> but she's like, "That's what I understood. They didn't get the same positive outcomes of anticipation that I did in preparing, in the planning, in the packing, yeah. in the everything, right? And and it's not yeah. that you always need to know that Disneyland." is the goal. Disneyland is the place. It's the fact that you're anticipating with open hands an amazing, incredible, rich, filled, faithful life that no matter what it looks like, it's all good. It's all Mm -hmm. good even when it's not, even when the circumstances are not. And I know that there's some really tough stuff going on right now and people experiencing things that they never would have asked for or expected or things. But in the same way that the person going through the challenge is equipped, their people are equipped too. Yeah. Because on the back of your book, it says that you have the bold belief that God has called you to every step of the journey. He hasn't just called you to like the yeah. outcome of it. He called you to right. be in that messy middle that you want to abandon and you want to see the result faster. And it's just not that way, is it? And it's hard though. No. It's hard. It is hard. It's hard to know, but we win we when do. we remember that we're here to worship. I mean, oh. we just win when we remember like that it is every step. It is every little point that we get to take is is with God, is with joy, is yeah, even in the hardest moments, just walking with God. Oh, man. And it can be really hard, too, to not rely on your own strength to do those things, right? And even even when it comes to, like, relying on your own strength of, like, I'm praying, 
I'm reading, I'm going to church, I'm doing those things. Even when, yeah. like, even those can yeah. become self-righteous, right? So what would you say to somebody that feels like they teeter the line of taking action with God and taking the action on their own strength? How do you kind of toe that line yourself? And what advice would you give to people that struggle with that? Yeah, I would say we just have to constantly check our motives. Am I doing this because I want something from God or am I doing this because I want God? And more than that, like constantly kind of shaking our heads and saying, do I think that God showing up or God working on my behalf or God being God is dependent on me being good? And it's easy. It's easy for us to get in these kind of human pictures of him where we have to do X, Y, and Z right for him to do A, B, and C. But that puts a lot of pressure on us. And at the end of the day, I just have to constantly say, do I want a God who fits a diagram that I can figure out? Do I want a God who works inside a math problem that I can add up to get what I want? I don't think I do. Mm. Oh, that's a really good question. Because so many times, like, we think we prefer the logical, right? We think we want that. We, we, we yes. think we want A plus B to always equal C. But sometimes you just want a miracle. Like, no, not, no, this time we want the miracle. We don't want just the expected outcome yeah. because we did our part. Wow. I'm going to have to think more about that. That's, that's, a, great, that's a great word. That's, that's amazing. Hmm. That's okay. True. So as an author, and even, I mean, anytime you say things, like, on record, like podcasts or blog articles, I guess, but – mostly the tangible nature of books. I'm sure there's things mm -hmm. that you have written that you kind of want to rewrite sometimes or you live new life experiences <laughs> and your perspective changes. I don't know. I've never written a book, so I don't know for certain, but I would only venture to say there's things I've said on the podcast where I'm like, oh, oh, little girl. Oh, Jessica, <laughs> right? Have there ever been yes. books or things that you've written in the past that you would like to rewrite based upon new life experiences you've had or just new understanding? Sure. <laughs> sure. I mean, you are the girl for the job hasn't come out yet, and I am sure. I'm positive Already. there's something in there I don't agree with right now. Mm -hmm. um, but that is where I go back to the very good news, that I'm not here to be right. Mm. My, my aim, and my aim in writing books even, is not to be right. My aim in writing, I, I don't write because I'm an expert that wants to teach everybody everything. Um, I'll, I'll tell you a kind of silly story, but this is how I view writing, and this helps me a lot. And it's this is a story that's in you, the girl for the job. I um, I got sick one time at a conference. I was speaking at a conference, and I just got super, super, super sick. And there was a charter bus kind of type thing that was coming to take me from the conference to the airport. And it had to take me really early. I had an early flight and the conference itself was about two hours away from the airport. So it had to get me from the conference. The bus had to get me from the conference at maybe four or five in the morning. And I had to just ride while I was super sick in this bus type van to the airport. And it was only me, which I'm like a little bit of a scaredy cat. So that, that situation would typically make me very nervous. Me riding alone in a van with some unknown driver two hours, just hoping they get me where I'm supposed to go. <laughs> but I was so sick that I was too sick to really be scared. And I was so sick that there was no way I was going to be able to stay awake. I knew what I needed to do was like go to the back of the van and, and just fall asleep. And so I turned my location services on on my phone to show my husband where my location was. And I just texted him and said, I'm super sick. 
this van says it's taking me to the airport. It's two hours away and then I'll have to catch my flight. But here's my location in case they take me to somewhere horrible. (laughs) And that is how I view writing. On my own, I, I really don't have a lot of capacity to get where I'm supposed to go. I'm where God is taking me in my life. I'm I'm kind of like a hopeful passenger participant. Yeah. <laughs> that's very little control. But while I'm out here, I'll go ahead and just turn my location services on, and you can follow me. And I'm not trying to be right. I'm not trying to say I'm the best driver. I'm not trying to say I know the path. I, if I went into any situation pretending to be an expert of anything, I think I would be setting other people up for disappointment and myself up for disappointment as well. Mm. And I don't necessarily think that's just because I'm not an expert at anything. <laughs> <laughs> I think that pretty much any of us, anytime we're walking into any space saying like, I know everything. I'm the one to listen to. I've done it all right, and I'll get it all right. We're setting other people up for failure and ourselves up for failure. And so I'm sure I've said things in books that I don't agree with anymore. I'm, I think I'm going to keep doing that for a really long time. The really good news is, is that I pray that the aroma of Christ is stronger than the aroma of Jess in the book. And I pray that people are more impressed with him and left more in awe of him than they are of, with me. And I'll just keep offering my little, like, here's where I'm at. Here's my location. Here's where I think we're headed. Oh, look, I got to this one spot. Um, just, I'll just keep offering that as best I can and, and try to let him get the glory. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love that so much. And it gives me so much more confidence. I feel like so many times in parenting, we feel inadequate and we don't know what we don't know. Right. And so we're just yeah. doing the best we can yeah. with what we know. And even if you look back and you're like, oh, Jess, and then, oh, Jessica, oh, that parenting moment. Oh, yeah. my goodness. But like if that hadn't have happened, then yeah. then the trajectory changes. It had yeah. to be. And so in the same way that you're telling everybody they're the girl for the job and it, he's called you to every step of the journey. That first book was mm-hmm. a step of the journey yeah. that, that, yeah. that puts you on a trajectory to where you are now in the next place, in the next place, in the next place. And so I think we don't need to be ashamed or cringe or anything like that. Even right. if it's like, oh, I think differently now. Like, I thought that then. And and, and that inf- informed my life then. And I am proud of what I know now and how that's evolved. But you don't know what you don't know. And so I don't think there's any yeah. shame in that at all. But I love I love that. I, I love that response. Jess, I can and just, as moms, that yeah. I mean, that massively shifts our parenting as Doesn't moms. When it? we say to our kids, uh, someone taught me to say to my kids, especially my oldest, like, hey, you're 13. I've never had a 13-year-old before. You've never been 13 before. Yeah. Neither of us really know what we're doing. Right. Let's try and sort this out. Right. And when you have a <laughs> you three-year-old, know, like, you've been a parent for three years. Three years. That's like yeah. nothing. Nobody who does a job for yeah. their whole lifetime is good after three years. Or knows no. all the things. And you may do some things right, and we should celebrate that. Sure. And then you may be like, oh, not going to do that again. But then you don't do it again, or you do it differently, or and you just keep evolving and learning. Mm-hmm. And it's all fine. It's all yeah. fine. And I guarantee anybody listening to this is doing way better than they think they are. Absolutely. 100% hands down. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. 
Jess, this is such a great book. It is for sure the message that I needed. And even if you disagree with some of the things already <laughs> that you wrote, it's just, it's not about taking everything as gospel. It's about letting yeah. positive people influence your life and taking it for what it is, where you're at right this second. And then moving, mm-hmm. and then moving along. And yeah. um, it's, it's beautifully written. You are such a gifted writer. Your shoes on the cover are to die for. And, and, but now that I know the metaphor of the book cover, it's even better. But I just, I love what you're doing. I love the evolution I've seen in your journey, the way you're speaking to women and even how that has evolved. And it, it just, it's showed a lot of growth, Jess. And um, mm. it's been a really beautiful thing as I feel like I'm growing and changing, seeing somebody that I felt like had their act together five years ago. Well, I don't know if I followed you five years ago, maybe three years ago. <laughs> like I thought then, oh, wow, she has her act together and she she knows all the things, right? But to see mm. even more from you and even more depth and everything, it's just really a cool thing to see somebody that you admire like progressing just like I am. It's mm. cool. Thank you. That's encouraging for me. Listen, that's the that's the best any of us can hope for. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Where can people find your book, Jess? And where can people find you online? JessConnelly.com or YouAreTheGirlForTheJob.com, and I'm Jess A Connolly on all social media channels. Perfect. I always ask my guests one final question, and it's the mission of this whole podcast. And it is: I don't have perfect people on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I just don't, can't find any, so can't have them on. But I do have truly extraordinary women just like you on the mm-hmm. podcast. And what makes them extraordinary is their uniqueness, their their divine attributes that equip them for exactly the life that God has put them on this earth to, to live out. And when we believe in the aspects of ourselves that really allow us to contribute in ways that only we can with the people that are surrounding us and the kids we've been given and the audience or the platform that you've been given, things like that. It's just really awesome to believe in yourself and believe you truly are the girl for the job. And I think that is what makes us extraordinary. So Jess, I want to know what is something that you think makes you extraordinary? Hmm. I love that question. I think my capacity to care for people makes me extraordinary. And I think it's God-given. And, yeah, I know that at the end of the day, when I love someone, I really, really love them. Mm. And they know it, too. Jess, Mm. thanks. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Everyone should pick up You Are the Girl for the Job. I loved it so much. And I think it relates to all women no matter what season they're in and what their roles are and what job it is it's the one that you're in right now and just believing into that a little bit more your book does that so thank you jess thank you thank you thank you thank you for having me my pleasure didn't you just love that pep talk from jess i felt like it was a true pep talk that i needed so much her book you are the girl for the job is out next week and pre-orders are super helpful to authors because it helps the booksellers and everybody know how much excitement there is around this book and so you can get this book next tuesday but if you want to head over to amazon or any booksellers today you can pre-order it so i'm going to link to that at extraordinarymomspodcast.com pre-order this book you guys it is so awesome and I happen to have a copy to give away they sent me two and so I would love to give it to one of you just I'm not going to do a giveaway because those stress me out but I would love if you would go to my Instagram at Jessica 3 
if you shoot me a DM or comment on the picture of Jess in the episode saying that you would love this book and what it would mean to you, I'm going to pick one person to send this book to and I'm just going to send it to you. Easy as that. No formal giveaway. If you want the book, I want to know why and I'm going to send it to you. It is so well done. I'm so proud of Jess and I just think it is such a great message for people to develop a little bit more self-assurance in their calling to be exactly who they are (laughs) and to show up just as they are because you're the girl for the job. Love it so much. Like I said, all the infos at ExtraordinaryMomPodcast.com. My Instagram is at JessicaDahlquist3. And we're on Facebook, Extraordinary Moms Podcast. But I have ignored that. So maybe don't go there. Who knows? I appreciate you showing up today. And I just love, love, love my listeners so much. I get asked all the time for people that have known that I've done this a long time, three and a half years now. How's the podcast going? And I say, I love it just as much as ever. And I truly, truly do. I get so much out of talking to these women and I'm so honored to get to share them with you. So thanks for being here. Thanks for your support. And yeah, that's it for today. We will see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.